You are listening to Digfin Vox. Digfin is an online media group covering the digital transformation of financial services. Our podcast comes to you twice a month from our base in Hong Kong, Asia's leading financial center, where East meets West and developed markets meet the emerging consumer. Go to our website, www.ditchfingroup.com, so you don't miss out on our in-depth daily stories on how your clients and competitors are changing their business models across asset management, banking, capital markets, and insurance. Your podcast host is James Lindsay, and this is the voice of tech innovation and finance. This is Ditchfin Fox. Today it is a pleasure to introduce the Managing Director, Head of Asia of R3, Carl Wegner. Carl is an industry veteran with 30 years experience in cash management, institutional banking, financial supply chain and distributed ledger technology, with a focus on Greater China. He has started new businesses in China, Hong Kong and Taiwan, and served in several Managing Director roles in Standard Chartered and Deutsche Bank. He has also written and lectured regularly on cash management, financial supply chain management, fintech, and RMB inter- internationalization. On this episode, Jane picks Carl's brain on distributed ledger technology within the financial sector. Hi, this is uh, Jane from Digfin, and with me today is Carl Wegner, who is head of Asia at R3, the distributed ledger consortium uh, slash vendor, I guess, sort of in a transition for, for you guys. So welcome, Carl. Uh, thanks, thanks. Um, and, and welcome to back to Hong Kong. Um, and tell us a little bit about what's happening with, uh, with R3 um, in terms of the business model that you guys have developed. You know, you start off as a consortium. Um, at what point does it become a, a vendor? And, and, you know, and what does that mean for your, your shareholders slash members? Yeah, well, um, th- thanks for the uh, the invitation, and it's nice to be back in Hong Kong. Like I guess you, you're saying, I, mean, I was I lived here for almost seven years in in the uh, in the '90s, so it's always nice to be back. But in terms of R three, um, yeah, we sort of one way to say it nowadays is we sort of started our company backwards, right? We we started out as a consortium, as you said, and you know, first it was nine, twenty two, forty two. Now we have about one hundred and twenty uh, regulators and banks as members. And we started out really learning, working with them, learning how blockchain technology could help them. What use cases, what areas would make the most sense uh, for, for blockchain distributed ledger technology. During that process over the, the last couple of years, that was sort of end 2015, we, we looked at the technology and worked at the technology that was available at the time and realized that a lot of the, the traditional blockchain technology didn't, didn't work. Um, uh, because it really in, in, in banking, it's, it's, a, it's a permission network. Everyone trusts each other, but they need to just understand and, and trust the transactions. So we sort of transitioned from being an educational uh, group consortium, and we decided to build our own um, platform, which is called Corda. Right. So, so Corda is a, is, a, is a distributed ledger, a blockchain platform that, um, that uh, now our new customers are really the technology companies building on their platform and they're selling to our original members. Right. They're selling the apps. Correct. They're, you, you guys do the operational level and the business logic. Um, and if I can use this analogy, um, you're the iOS and you're the, you're the, the, the phone uh, and you are the, the app store, but then you don't build the apps. That's what other people do. 
Correct, correct. And, and the, the, the nice thing is for the, the app builders, you know, now they have an opportunity to, um, by working with us, not only have the technology, but also the introductions to the hundred or some customers that are the eventual buyers of, of, right. of their services. So let me go back into, uh, there's other people that provide, you could say, similar enterprise-grade blockchain for, for banks or for big companies. Um, whether it's it's Hyperledger and and the various the, the IBM or the Intel's inside that and, and uh, Quorum from J P Morgan, there's a few of these. So, what is it about Corda that makes it Corda? Maybe we can talk a little bit about the tech here. Um, what are you getting with that that you're not getting, or that's different different offering or a different way of you know when when Corda maybe makes more sense than some of the others or or, or the other way around. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the key things and, and the, uh, the decisions we made when we were building Corda was we thought about the interoperability, right? So uh, we wanted to make sure that, you know, as a, as a platform, as the iOS has sort of mentioned it, we want to make sure there's interoperability between the solutions built on the system. So you could have someone who builds a FX solution on the system and a payment solution and a trade finance solution, and those solutions will work, interoperate, on, if they're built on Corda without any APIs. Okay. And so that's different from other platforms which really are building independent blockchain solutions and then they'll have to have the APIs to, to connect between them. But in the case of, let's say, um, uh, the, the, the Cargill uh, soybean trade deal that you did with HSBC and ING Bank that was using Corda, um, when, they're, when those banks are working with you to create that particular solution, um, are they thinking who else is on Corda that's outside of, you know, they're transaction bankers. You used to be a trade banker. Um, and then there's other clients, let's say uh, we've interviewed uh, Tradewind in, in uh, New York, which is doing gold uh, trade, electronic trading of, of commodities. Um, but these have, uh, unless you really squint, you know, if I'm a transaction banker in Asia, I'm not really thinking about gold and vice versa. A guy who's doing, you know, Electronic trading of gold is probably not thinking too much about moving soybeans around. So, uh, or maybe they are. So, is this interoperability within Corda going to be relevant? Do people come to you thinking, "Oh, I really want to have this interoperability with all these other projects that have nothing to do with my my day to day business? I'm not going to get paid for it." Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's a good question. The solutions being built now are really components of a whole financial system that will be built on blockchain in the future. Okay. Right? So, um, although the trade bankers may think of just that trade finance piece, that's one component of trade finance, right? Yeah. Trade finance will always have a payment, right? It may have an FX component. So, from a, a bank or a user perspective, if they can link on one system, then there's an opportunity for, um, you know, with, with one node to be able to with one quarter node to be able to connect to to a variety of services, which will be easier. So then let's talk about what this means, where we're going. Um, because there are other players with their own uh, ideas about what, what decentralized means for financial services very broadly. Where, where, do, you think, where do you see things going um, when you talk to your, your former colleagues, I guess, as a, as a former banker? Um, you know, what's the, what is that direction that we're going? Um, I mean, the interesting thing about, and I'll pick trade finance, which is probably my, uh, my experience is mostly in trade finance over the years and, and work at other technology companies in trade finance. I mean, interesting thing with, with blockchain 
is the, at the beginning, we're really replicating what the services are um, that banks do now. Right. And again, for, for Corda, we're not even, we're not even saying we're, we're, for financial institutions, we're, you know, there's a lot of other things being built on Corda now and healthcare, insurance, and, and um, you know, other areas of, of, of services. But just to the banking piece, right now the solutions are replicating how bankers think about transactions now. Um, so it's similar to, you know, going when you first went from, you know, paper to electronic banking. The, the risk... Uh, the risk matrix didn't change, right. but it was the transmission channel changed. Right now, for, for blockchain offers an opportunity first to make that, that transmission and the um, uh, immutability, veracity of that information um, becoming quicker and, and more accurate, but there's a tremendous opportunity in the future to change the ways you look at data and how you deal with customers. So in, in trade finance, for instance, right now you look at trade pre-export and post-shipment, right? Two risks. You look at it in two ways. Okay. Um, in the future, you could potentially have dynamic risk pricing by looking at data in different ways and having the, the, uh, the availability of that data throughout a transaction. And the role of the distributed ledger is the provision of the data rather than the, the business model itself. I mean, you could do a risk, dynamic risk pricing today without a blockchain, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you could do that, but it would probably not be uh, very efficient, mm -hmm. right? If you had to get, you know, paper in and, and re, you know, redo it every time and, 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 and re reassess the risk every time a new piece of paper came in. I mean, right now the banks are trying to reduce that paper. So I think that the, the blockchain allows a few things. One, you know, and, and this is about the ecosystem. As more and more data can come in that can be assessed, the, the way that a risk manager will look at that data will change as well. Okay. Right, now, right now it's sort of a, a binary. Ten documents come in or ten sets of data come in and then you make a decision. Right? In the future you might be able, as those different sets of data came in, you know, different pieces of it, you could have a different risk assessment. You could charge differently. But the blockchain allows, one of the things about the blockchain, will allow that data to be verified from an earlier point of view. What does that mean for the relationship between, or let's say you represent primarily financial institutions, right? It's banks for the most part that are, are members of the founding consortium and your, your, your key clients. What, is, what does this mean for banks in the, in the, in the chain of value? Um, are, are they going to be able to use this to uh, find new ways of value-added, revenue-generating, profitability, or are they at risk of losing themselves and becoming just uh, other components in, in, a, in a bigger machine that are led by maybe big corporates or, or other players who call the shots? I mean, it, I mean it's something that, that comes up a lot. I mean, is this going to disintermediate banks? I mean, banks have, you know, the, the, the key components of a, a relationship in a bank and their, their strength and their knowledge lies in, for instance, risk assessment, mm -hmm. right? This is going to give an opportunity for them to leverage that data and, and evaluate risk in different ways. So I think actually this is, this is an opportunity for banks to be able to you know, delight their customers with different services because now there's a menu of data that you can manage throughout the process and look at customizing it per, per corporate. 
for an SME or, or for, a, for a large customer. So I think that you know, the, the core components, trust that a bank has, you know, being able to evaluate risk, um, it, it, that's not going to change. And, and that's their core yeah. values. They'll be able to do more with the customers. Okay. And, and probably save some cost. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so where, in, from a bank perspective, obviously this is a generic question, but what, how will their internal economics change? What are they not going to be able to charge for anymore? And then where will they be able to find new sources of revenue? perhaps greater sources of revenue? I mean, I'll give an example. So we did with um, the SCA in, in, in the UK, almost probably about a year, year and a half ago, we did a, a, a mortgage transfer uh, project, right? So in, in a case where someone wants to transfer a mortgage from bank A to bank B, um, and it takes, you know, and get that to get that transaction, the paperwork to be completed and reported to the authorities takes about 45 days. So by putting on the blockchain and making sure the data was safe, it now becomes sort of a 24-hour, 48-hour transaction. And we asked the banks, are you worried that now moving your mortgage from one bank to another is going to take away your business? Right. And it was really interesting. The bank said, actually, we don't really want to compete on that paperwork, right? This is so much more efficient and cheaper for us. We'd rather compete on service and pricing and our knowledge of the customer. Right? We don't want to compete on who processes paperwork more efficiently. So the banks were okay with that, with, with that, uh, with that situation. What's funny, we actually asked the authorities what they thought. And they said, this is actually a real, it's a bigger challenge for the authorities. Because Why? before they had a 45-day a window to make a decision on how to change the interest rates in the market or how to look at the, uh, you know, how to make an evaluation of policy. And now there might be a challenge from them well, why don't you make a, a decision once a week? Right. Right. Okay. So for them, it's a completely uh, different it's a paradigm shift for them right. to change how they make a decision. And of course, they'll be getting information not real time, but much more quickly than they would have done as well. Correct. You know, from a variety of sources. What do so we're talking about this this change as if it's a fait accompli, and maybe it will happen the way that you're you're describing, Carl. But uh, very mundane things like. Uh, are there enough people within the banking sector who have the technical skills to, to onboard a distributed ledger technology into their legacy systems and processes? Uh, are, and then, of course, uh, they've invested a lot in their heritage systems, and there's going to be some resistance to perhaps um, walking away from what might seem like substantial investments, um, whether that's in people or in, in systems. So. What, what are those conversations like? I mean, these, these must be inevitable aspects of this, of, of what you see going on. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, we see the challenges of, of, of people that are qualified in this, you know, this blockchain space. And, and uh, we just rolled out a, a CORTA certified um, test. So actually, you know, people can, individuals can be CORTA certified. And actually, one of, some of the banks are saying, could you give us the list of quarter certified people, who, who's quarter certified, because we need more people right. that can build on the system. So I mean, that's going to be a challenge. And, and you hit on a, a real key point. This is, it's not going to happen overnight, right? So anything, and also when we built Corda, we thought about anything that's built now and, and, and built and is going to roll out now is going to have to work with a uh, legacy systems that still exists, right. right? You're not gonna replace everything right away. 
Um, and, and so it's going to have to work with, with the, the existing legacy systems and eventually more and more components of the, the financial system could be moved to, to a blockchain system. So, I mean, that's another thing that when we, we build again, we're thinking about it, this has to work with existing systems. Um, and even something we have in, 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 in Corda we came out with, and as we came out with the enterprise version just last month, is we also have a, a, a firewall app, right? So right now, one of the key things, you think about blockchain, it's a new technology, great, uh, we want to use it. But banks are you know, financially regulated, you, know, you just can't put any system behind their firewall, right? right? So one of the things we built when we launched Enterprise was that, that app that sits behind your firewall allows the, the permeability of data, only the data that wants to come in through the Corda system into their back office systems. I mean, that's sort of that, that basic infrastructure decision that you have to make, right? It's, it sounds all good when you do a pilot, but if you really want to go to production, you have to think about your firewall. You have to think about the regulators approving right. that this is going to work. So a lot of pieces that are still being built, and, and uh, you know, it's a process. Yeah. What are going to be the stress points? I mean, we, we talk about the bank's legacy technologies. We, we uh, Sometimes at, at, at Digifin, it might be easy for us to lambast those a little bit because they're so out of date. But they've also they've survived. They've survived decades. They've, they've gone through crises. Um, they still work. Uh, so what's the, what's the big unknown, do you think, for DLT or blockchain, um, it, whether it's a market event or, or, or a, a cyber event? What, 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 what's that test that we have to go through to really know that this stuff is going to have the, the, the endurance that legacy systems have? I mean, it, it's a very interesting point because you have you know, worked in various banks and, and you go to some banks and surprisingly enough in, in this, era, this era of Windows being around for, what, 20 years already, some of the banks, their systems still are green screens, right? Right, okay. You know, and, and, uh, I wouldn't want to work on one of those. Yeah, but exactly, <laughs> but, but that, that's, you know, some, you know, some of the consumer banking systems are still on these green, green screens and, you know, it's, it's a F1 and F2 to, to, to get through the, the menu. I mean, they, this is this is the thing. I mean, blockchain is is a it's a new tool. It's a new technology, and um, and, and I don't think we, we believe that it's going to change overnight. Right. I think it's it's going to be a component. Uh, it, it's it's a new option, and it's a component um, that that allows solutions, new solutions that can be built, um, and they're going to have to work with legacy systems. And, and one of the key things about, uh, you know, that we've worked in our, in our consortium um, is with regulators. Because the regulators, they're going to have to approve the use of these new systems. Mm -hmm. And so when we do pilots, we did a pilot, you know, whatever, you know, uh, last month with 39 entities around the world. There was four or five regulators monitoring that as well. Because they need to learn as well. I've seen some of the email traffic going in from, you know, some of, some of the central banks and these guys really understand their stuff. I mean, there's different levels of, of you know, and, and different areas, but, but uh, you know, some from the technical people at the central banks, the level of, of uh, questions they're asking go right to our, our chief architect because they're asking very detailed questions. How does this really work? What can we be worried about here? What happens here and there? Right, so it's it's um uh, th that level of, of, of expertise is also being built in the central banks, and they're going to need to uh you know to understand 
how this works to to uh, to approve it and and for it to be widespread yeah. have widespread use. Yeah. Any lessons that we've learned in, along the way? You've gone enterprise. Um, you've got some significant projects underway. What what's probably the biggest uh, thing that you know now that you may not have known a year ago? I, mean, I think that uh, the the educational process that banks are going through um, it, it's 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 quite interesting. Some have jumped on this and are experts already right and they want to go into production um, you know some banks are just emerging right they're just learning about this new technology um, and I think it's going to be interesting because you know trade finance is a good example to build that ecosystem where you have um, a, a group of banks that want to work together right um, and make sure that you know you have enough of the components to make a transaction uh, viable, right? You know, in a system, yeah, you need a critical it's mass of users. Critical mass, yeah. so it takes some time, and it's interesting to see some of the uh, the banks are are committed to being fast followers, right? And we think that's a little bit of a fallacy because you know, this is technology is going to come now. How quickly is you know everyone's going to change you know, next by the end of the year? I mean, we already have. You know, production services out there built on Corda that's happening now. We expect to see, you know, 10 plus by the end of the year that are going to be, you know, going to be, uh, I guess, you know, out there with our, with our, with our banks and, and our, our banks going to be using them in production level. Um, but being a fast follower, it's not really a great uh, strategy because right now as the banks are, are learning about this, it's not just about the technology, it's about the businesses too. Right. I mean, so you say you have the businesses, when we do a project or in a pilot, the IT becomes less and less important, and it's more how the business people understand how their data, how the data they, that they get from their customers is going to change, how they interact with their customers is going to change, you know, as they have more data and ability to manipulate it and, and work with it. And so the, the, the business people really need to learn, and that doesn't happen right away. Right. And yeah. so I think being a fast follower and waiting, oh, I don't want to know anything about this until I need, it's to. All, I need to, you know, it's missing an opportunity um, um, for, yeah. for bankers to learn. And also I think the customers are coming to ask this conversation as well. Yeah. Are you having conversations, where do you have conversations when you work with the banks, the people that deal with R3 from a banker's point of view? Is it, is it their IT? Their operations, like is it at a CTO level, a COO, or does it get up to like a CFO or a head of a business unit? It really depends on the the, the project we're working on, but um, it can be. It, it's always some IT people, so it's you know the, the 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 guys who are doing the coding. You know the the CTO is or CIO is has approved this project to go on. It's the businesses. It's the heads of businesses. It's the compliance. Mm -hmm. Right? Compliance is also looking at it not only from is this system something we feel comfortable with, but how is this going to change the legal framework with our customers. Right. Right? So compliance, legal are very often involved okay. as, as well. And, and so if we're talking about a KYC project, right, then you know, who's working on data privacy in, in, in the bank? You know, they need to understand how this is going to affect you know, how they manage the data or maintain the data as well. Yeah. Um, one last question. I mean, you represent 
banks. Um, you know, R3 be began as a consortium of banks. But is there, um, do you see startups, <clears throat> challengers, uh, bringing blockchain solutions to these spaces that could uh, create more competition for the banks? Or do you think this will remain, when it comes to letters of credit, for example, this will remain the purview of the big banks and they'll be able to, to continue as, as, a, as, a, as an industry uh, unperturbed? Well, I don't think unperturbed, right? I mean, things are changing and there are always going to be competitors. Uh, I think we see that the, especially with, with, with blockchain or any, any, I guess, sort of new companies, a startup coming up, you know, for them to build the critical mass, right, to have the industry knowledge uh, is, is a challenge, right? Bankers have tremendous knowledge over with a, a, a huge volume of customers, right? right? The startups, you know, if you're talking you, you know, on the consumer side, maybe they, they can build that connection with, with, with consumers. But from corporates especially, you know, the bankers know them, know, know them better. And uh, a lot of these uh, startups, you know, if they're not working on a platform, if they're trying to do it independently, they have the potential to be sort of a digital island, right? right? They have a, a great solution but only works in a specific area, you know, and that's what we're hoping with, with from a platform strategy from, from, from Corda, that we don't want to have single solutions working independently. We want to, we want to have, offer an ecosystem yeah. that, that provides an overall service. Okay, well, we're almost out of time, Carl. Um, just maybe just wrap up with uh, any latest news from R3 in Asia. Um, in Asia, I mean, I guess the uh, continue to uh, building up our, our, we started out with about, uh, I guess, six people in Asia and about two years ago, we're uh, over 20 now, we're, we're, uh, we have an office in, in Singapore is growing and, and we're all going to be opening an office in Hong Kong in the very near future. Okay, great. So, North, North Asia, South Asia, and uh, continue to, to grow the market. Terrific. Well, then I guess we'll bump into you a bit more. Um, thank you for joining us here at Digifin Vox. And thank you very much for the invitation and, and uh, have a great day. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm James Lindsay, and when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the commercial director of Digital Career. If you enjoyed this podcast, please listen again, share it on social media, 